Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they them pronouns and welcome to our first episode of year two. Yay! We did it! We somehow managed to last a whole year. So great. Didn't tire. I'm already spreadsheeting out the next one. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) It's color-coded and everything. Oh my. So Lindsay. So Tan. What are are we doing? What are we doing? Well, we're treading old ground once again. We're going back to the beginning. We're going back. Well, not really the beginning. We're going back to like the the, the first third. (laughs) (laughs) Or the beginning for us, you meant. Yeah, beginning for us. There you go. You got galaxy brain now. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are doing season three of Once Upon a Time. Yep. God damn, why won't you ever shut up about <laughs> Once Upon a Time? Why we're doing season three? Well, the, the, to summarize, the past year, uh, <laughs> season one was good. Season two needed some help. Was there. Yeah. And season two was our inaugural episode. Yes. And so now we continue season three from where our version of season two left off, I'm guessing? Yes. Okay. With Henry getting kidnapped by Peter Pan and going to Neverland because they actually like that half of season three. I kind of like the whole of season three in theory. Okay. Like, I, I liked when they started bringing in elements of Oz. Uh, just was weird the execution and how the end of season three felt like a series finale. And then also we don't need Zelena to be the secret lost sister of the evil queen. I never liked Zelina, so... She has potential, and I like Rebecca Mater. Okay, I I guess for me, like, she outlived her usefulness. Yeah, that's definitely true. But that's, that means that if we want to bring her in, we need to make her more useful. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, the way that I lined out uh, season three, I basically don't have any Oz elements in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's mostly going to be uh, Neverland and uh, the Enchanted Forest. Okay. Yeah. I can dig yeah. that. Because, okay. So Enchanted Forest stuff side, that's going to be mostly a Regina arc. All right. Because we were kind of ambiguous on what we were going to do with Greg, the, the guy who kind of bridged the end of season two with season three. Yes. Yeah. And they... Gosh, the creators knew immediately that Greg and Tamara were not liked by the fandom and offed them in the first five minutes. Yeah. And, like, Greg actually had an interesting backstory, but they it was one of those, you bipped it. Yeah. Like, okay, so when Greg and Tamara were first introduced, I thought their deal was that they were working for the government. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so the whole theory I had... In the summer between season two and season three, was that Dorothy, like Dorothy Gale, had founded a secret 
like men in black non-government organization that was hunting down and eliminating magic users because Dorothy kind of went off the deep end after seeing the destruction that the Wicked Witch was able to cause. Yeah. And so she had formed the like the Gale organization that was mm-hmm. taking out like large magical bodies and had recruited Greg and Tamira into this. And oh. then they were gonna go after Peter Pan next because he's like the he's basically a trickster deity. Yeah. Who straight up kidnaps kids. Yeah. Which is pretty terrifying. Well, he he uh outsources his child kidnapping, but yeah. still. Yeah. So okay. Maybe we can retroactively play with that because I like that idea. And it might help us tie us back to the world without magic. Yeah. And my whole idea is that the world without magic does have magic. It's just like a super like weird, wild magic. See, the way I always understood it is that it's called the world without magic because like all of its inherent magic basically comes from the story worlds. Like it doesn't actually have a magic of its own, but it can definitely support magic if you bring it into the world. Okay. And how I had sort of, envisioned it was more like it was a weird sort of un unrecognizable sort of magic um, okay like it just manifests like so bizarrely to anybody from like the enchanted forest that it, it isn't it's not magic it's got to be something else yeah it's either it's not magic or it's not useful magic like yeah. when you think about the magic system in well the, the Enchanted Forest, at least, but pretty much the entire Once Upon a Time multiverse, they always follow, like, narrative rules. Yeah. Like, it it works differently depending on the worlds, but, like, there are certain laws that are based off the storytelling tropes that the worlds inhabit. So, when you come into the world without magic, it doesn't follow any rules. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work a certain way just because you think it. So either you have to be an incredibly powerful magic user to make it do anything you want, because uh, if you're not, it's just gonna roast you. Yeah. <laughs> and then otherwise it just manifests in completely chaotic ways, like luck. Yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, there's luck stuff, uh, there's stuff probably involving, like, our various cryptids and weird phenomena. Mothman. Yes. Season three introduces the Mothman. Move over, Captain Hook! <laughs> you just want that Mothman butt. There's a new Bashonin in town. <laughs> Mothman is for a later season. He's got a thing about bridges. <sighs> Mothman versus the trolls. Okay. So... One of the Billy Goat's gruff is his ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> just somehow get McElroy's in this <laughs> <laughs> oh god can you imagine if the McElroy's showed up no the McElroy's wouldn't be the actually no they they probably would okay would the McElroy's be the Billy Goat's Gruff or would the McElroy's be the Three Little Pigs vote now on your phones <laughs> personally I like Three Billy Goat's Gruff didn't they have to answer riddles to cross the bridge yes yeah that makes sense 
The troll comes over and is like, ah, you have to answer my riddles. And then the Travis goat shows it like, no, you have to answer my riddles. Wait, no, this isn't how it works. Riddle me piss! <laughs> so, anyway. Um, what I had planned out, and man, did I fail in terms of, like, having this all ready to go, like, a year ahead. I had ideas. I didn't write them down because I got sidetracked with stuff. And also, I got a new job, so I wrote this down all last night. Nice. Yeah. That's why I was kind of underprepared for, like, my first client this morning. You guys have clients? Oh, there's people who come to the city hall asking to look at stuff, and we provide it for them, and we just call them clients because sometimes they buy copies of our stuff. I thought I thought that your client would be like history. Your client is knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> My client is an intellectual concept. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, um, I really like the Neverland arc. Just putting my cards on the table. The Wicked Witch of the West stuff was bullshit. Undid everything. It's the reason why Rumple sucks. Yeah. So, anyway, I split the party. Bunch of people are going to go to Neverland to find Henry. Bunch of people are going to stay in the Enchanted Forest and deal with the Greg situation. Wait, so did Greg end up in the Enchanted Forest? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. But how did that happen? Like... Because I, I got to bring Neil in, remember? Didn't you yeah. listen to our first episode again? Uh, no, I should have. Okay. But I didn't. <laughs> well, I went back and we listened to that episode, okay? Okay, good. So you still did more preparation than I did. Okay. So basically what we had sort of sketched out was that we didn't really have Tamara, I think. Um, really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. We kind of got rid of Tamara. Um so what we had was we needed to introduce Neil. So Neil is in our world. Um, also, we had Storybrooke go back to the Enchanted Force at the beginning of season two. Oh, I remember that part. Yes. Greg, um, I turn him into an FBI agent who wants revenge against Regina because uh, same backstory. Yeah. And he tracks down Neil. Yeah. Uh, who I have as a, an ex-con living out in like the Dakota somewhere, working as working out there, some yeah. uh, former con-friendly job. Um, Greg drags Neil, also known as Belfire, he's the son of Rumpel Stillskin, back to where Storbrook was to get revenge on Regina because he needs someone with a connection to magic to get there because of stuff. Yeah. Again, we're going to retroactively switch Greg FBI agent to Greg Gale organization agent. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Into the magic organization. I mean, he can be FBI as a front. Yeah. So they get there. They realize that uh, Starbuck is gone or was never there, but Neil has magic spidey sense and finds magic bean or he's been holding on to a magic bean this entire time just in case he needs to go back to the of force yada 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 <laughs> he's not miss america chavez he can't just punch a portal into it yeah so he yeets magic bean into ground creates portal because that's what you do that's 
That seems to have happened every single time. Yeah. Um, and they swan dive into the portal and end up in the ancient forest and in the chaos that is created by Neil coming back and bringing this great guy with all a bunch of the other like core related craziness. Henry kind of got lost in everybody's shuffle and he winds up kidnapped by Peter Pan, who we were going to have as kind of like a semi-regular background character, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Who then takes Henry off to Neverland and that's, oh my God, we have to rescue Henry. Yeah. So. Hey, is August involved in any of this? I don't know how to fit in August. August well, because a... he didn't do much in season two proper, I don't think. Yeah. Like, his main stuff was in flashbacks. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have any ideas for August? Because I kind of forgot about him, too. No, I didn't. I was just wondering if we need to keep track of him, because if he just vanishes until we need him again, I'm fine with that, too. Okay. Yeah. He'll come up at some other time. Yeah. So, <sighs> I split the group, because Regina was going to go on her journey of self-discovery, but of course, Henry happened, but she's not there to know. Uh, so that's where Regina is. She's going to be in the Enchanted Forest with characters like Belle, the Blue Fairy, a bunch of other characters. Right. Whereas the Neverland party is going to be like Emma, Hook, Neil, because my son, I have a son. Yeah. I have to go and rescue my son. Uh, Rumpel, because, oh, this involves Peter Pan. I have a history with Peter Pan. And is Peter Pan still his dad? Do you want him to be to still be the dad, or I don't know, because I feel like the main reason they made him his dad was so that we could add another branch to this messed up family tree, which is the same reason they made Zelena Regina's sister. Yeah. Huh. You know what? Rumpel already has plenty of abandonment issues with the whole Mila experience. Yeah. And. So I kind of just off the top of my head made this a little darker in that Peter Pan has kind of a time limit on how long he can stay young forever. And that's why he needs the heart of the truest believer. Okay. Of a truest believer. He's going to eat it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I was thinking, again, this is just like spur of the moment. I just came up with this idea right now. So. Part of Rumpel's backstory with both Rumpel and Neil's backstory with Peter Pan is that, you know, Peter tried to take Neil when he was very young, still known as Balefire, because at the time he had the heart of the truest believer. Oh, okay. So it's like an inherited thing. Maybe an inherited thing. Maybe it pops up every once in a while. Maybe you only got it for a certain amount of time. What if... We could also say that Mila had the heart of the truest believer, and that's why she went off on an adventure. And so then we can say how it's, it can be a bad thing and a good thing, because like it draw, basically draws you into these dramatic plots. Yeah, but Mila also ended up with Hook for that hot second and then got zapped. This is also true. Yeah, unless it just like drives you towards adventure. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, you get a very strong adventure drive. Okay. Yeah. So, and it comes about when you're a kid. Yes. Sometimes you have it for a very long time. Sometimes you only have it for a short amount of time. Stuff breaks you. 
And hey, it makes a lot more sense that that is something like passed down through the generations than the concept of being a savior. Yeah. And Rumpel, being the source of all dark magic and probably very knowledgeable, knew that his son had the heart of a truest believer. Okay. Something that Mila also had. And he's like, I can't let my son go. I might lose him forever. And also, he kind of follows a trail of clues and realizes, oh, Peter Pan took him. And there's always these rumors that when Peter takes children, they don't come back. Yeah. Because it sort of tied Peter Pan in with the uh, Pied Piper of Hamelin story. Yeah. And we can definitely keep that. Yeah. Because the Pied Piper is real. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, listeners, look up the Pied Piper of Hamelin. It probably was based on a true story. Yeah, something happened in the town of Hamlin in the 1200s that led to a whole bunch of young people to leave all at once. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, they're very clear, it wasn't like a disease or anything or a plague. No, they were taken. Yeah, um, most academics think that what had happened was um, a whole bunch of them decided to move eastward into what's now, like, the Baltics, um, Belarus, um, Transylvania was a really popular location because... (gasps) Vlad! (laughs) Because this is coming off of a Mongol invasion uh, where a lot of people ended up dead. Lots of people ended up dead. So to repopulate those areas, a bunch of people from out east went and recruited a lot of young people from out west, particularly in Saxony, because it was going through a population boom at the time. And there was just not a lot of work. You want to come fuck in in these particular woods instead of the woods you're already in? Make babies. (laughs) Sexy Dracula showed up and seduced everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So, Dracula does not show up this season. Dracula shows up later. Oh, uh, we'll get to the Land of Untold Stories. So part of Neil's backstory that we're going to keep, we're going to keep the whole Peter Pan stuff with the darker edge that Peter Pan was about to basically eat his heart before yeah. Rumpel intervened. But of course, Neil doesn't take it like that. And Rumpel is terrible at explaining his reasons behind everything. <laughs> Poor communication is also a genetic trait in this family. So we could have it that Peter Pan is like, when he first met Neil, he was a young kid Neil's age, but now he's grown up and now he's like a young adult. Or like an older teenager. And he hates this. Yes. He wants to stay a boy forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, remember that one episode of Justice League where like Morgan's son wishes away all the adults? Did you ever watch Justice League? Yeah, I watched Justice League, but I don't think I saw that one. I think I saw one where she was stealing everyone's youth, but I don't think I saw that one where all the adults got poofed. Yeah, all the adults got poofed, and then, like, the main, um, yeah, it was the main team of, uh, Justice League, uh, went to a different, yeah, they actually went to Morgan because, like, Morgan and Mordred got into a fight. Oh, okay. And that's why he's like, I wish all of the adults were gone! Yeah, so the Justice League crew had to turn into the tween versions of themselves. Of themselves. Oh, now I remember that. They start beating up, yeah, they start beating up a mortared and then he's like, it's not fair! I should be old! I should be bigger and stronger so that you can't beat me! And then it's like, uh uh-oh. Curse kind of like, you're a bit too old for this. (laughs) And it backfires on him. It was great. I like that episode a lot. So anyway, Peter Pan's at like, 
his late teens and he's like, I gotta get young again. I need a heart. I'm hangry. Yeah, he's hangry. So he tries to do that with Neil. Rumple gets him away, but Neil's like, Dad, you suck. <laughs> because once again, Rumple the Dark One is terrible at communicating why he's doing anything. Yeah. And thus Neil runs away again and does the whole jumping through the different worlds. He ends up with Hook for a little bit. He ends up with the Darlings for a little bit and saves them from being taken by Peter Pan. But he also ends up being, you know, yeeted again into another universe. <laughs> Am I a bad influence on you? Because he keeps yeah. saying yeet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's rubbed off on me. See, and I know <laughs> it just sounds so bizarre coming out of your mouth because you're supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> and I'm the idiot here. No, you're smart. We're just in slightly different categories of, of liberal arts. You're smart and I'm wise. <laughs> we put our stat points into slightly different sections. This is why you're the me necromancy cat and I'm the laser lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the croc poke from the Church of Lasers. <laughs> and I'm the dirt cat. <laughs> so anyway, Neil kind of gets flung into different universes for a hot second and then by the is time... Is this in the backstory or is this yeah, something the, happening... In the backstory. Okay. Yeah, so that we we finally get to, like, he gets to our world, he's an adult, and he meets Emma. That's more, more backstory. The whole how we got Henry. Breaking hearts across time and space. Yeah. Hell, I even had in my notes that uh, he ended up in, like, a 1930s, like, Golden Age superhero world for a hot sack with a bunch of public domain heroes yeah nice mm -hmm. maybe even some technically public domain if disney wasn't such a piece of shit okay how how disney do we want this to get because on the one hand it did eventually turn into a weird disney domestic fic but on the other hand i really do think that season four which was just mostly frozen okay the first half of season four which was all about frozen was probably their best work yeah, I really, people don't like the Frozen season, but I think part of it was due to just like Frozen oversaturation by that point. And that's super fair. Yeah. But like, now well, that we're kind of, we're, we're on the downswing and a lot of people like, I feel like a lot of people like Disney stuff on its own merits rather than yeah. just liking it because it's Disney. Yeah. And, and Frozen 2 looks metal as hell. Yeah. And also, like, I was thinking, um, you know how, like, we're adults now, but we grew up with, like, the Disney Renaissance stuff, and we were playing the soundtracks all the time? Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder how sick our parents got of hearing Hakuna Matata being played every five minutes. Well, actually, for me, it was I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Okay. But yeah. And now think of, like, you're a 26-year-old, and you... Uh, you work at Walmart in the toy section and you have to hear let it go every five minutes. <laughs> That's probably what your parents felt back in the 90s. So yeah, it's not new. You're just the old one now. I can't wait for Adina Menzel to sing a weather punk song. <laughs> anyway. Back um, to season three. Yeah, Frozen's back to next season year. three. <laughs> 
yeah, Frozen is another time, another place. And yeah, this is probably going to still be Disney simply because like the iconography of what Disney has done with those particular fairy tales is too iconic, too strong. Listen, we're on ABC. You gave us permission to play in the toy box. We're going to play with it and you can't stop yeah. us. Snow White fucks. <laughs> so I went through all of Neil's backstory, how he got to all the different places, his connection to various characters. Basically, it's going to be, I don't know how many episodes this is going to be because I kind of stretch it out to the full 22, but I, I've also got the Regina stuff going on. Yeah, well, and we can have plenary of filler episodes, too, where it's just yeah. reconnecting with various myths. And, of course, like, while we learn about Neil's backstory, he's also going to be have to fight his way through the woods with Greg, trying to find his way to Emma and Henry. Yeah. Okay, so there's that point. There's Regina, who is being hunted by Greg. So we can kind of go, like, weird horror story on that a little bit. Well, it would be, like, the Huntsman. But, yeah. he, like, we already had the Huntsman in Season 1. Uh, yeah. But, like, we could draw parallels where it's like, oh, now Regina's being hunted by a Huntsman. Yeah, and we could have all that and say her relationship, like, with uh, the Blue Fairy, because the Blue Fairy kind of screwed her over that one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Tinkerbell, too. We could have Tinkerbell back. Yes. Maybe she's... Now I know. She's the one who allies... With Regina. Okay. So yeah, that's going on back in the Enchanted Forest. We can have, we can revisit a whole bunch of people for filler episodes. As for Hook and Emma and Neil, like when Neil finally joins the main party, because also the Charmings are going to be there and they're going to have like all the cute moments. Um, I'm also going to keep the plot point of um, Charming getting, um, getting, you know, poisoned by the thing. Right. By that one plant, because I need them to cheat death, because we are eventually going to go to Hades and have to go to the Underworld and all that sort of stuff. And I want Hades to be very exasperatingly going like, you guys have cheated death so many times. <laughs> We're definitely going to recast Hades, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. That guy was awful. He was so bland. Yeah. And here's the thing, um, I kind of want Hades to be exasperated dad of a bunch of goth children. Because <laughs> <laughs> Hades actually wasn't that bad of a guy. But he also didn't have any kids. The mythology is a bit weird about it, because some of the kids are claimed by Zeus, but Zeus mm. and Hades might have been at one point kind of like uh, syncretized into this one god because of epithets. We shouldn't go too deep into the mythology. Yeah. Like, we're we're in a fairy tale event. Like, I was thinking we could have, like, graph some fairy tale characters onto Hades. Maybe Maleficent is his kid. <laughs> Maybe. I could dig that. Yeah. But I still like the idea of, like, Melanoe being the kid of Persephone and Hades. I'm sorry, did you say Melanoe? Yeah, Melanoe. And then she rebels and goes to the surface world and renames herself as Maleficent. Okay, yes. Well, she also used to hang out with Hecate, so she knows magic. Oh, yes! <laughs> Hecate's the cool grandma witch. Yes. Well, she is, like, a weird, like, not Titan, maybe a primordial god, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, Hec Hecate 
currently resides in the quote-unquote world without magic. Yeah, being super cool and weird. Everyone's like, we want the magic to do exactly this. And she's like, <laughs> no. No, no, it doesn't work like that. I should know. I'm a goddess of magic. I am magic. Yes. <laughs> I am the child of Nyx, so zip it. Or at least in one version, I think she's the child of Nyx. Yeah, I think that's the one I've heard too. Yeah. Well, Nyx is also almost Lovecraftian, so... Hecate's a little Lovecraftian too. Just yeah. a smidgen. Just a smidgen. She's a tad eldritch. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so, anyway, the main crew, um, Emma, Hook, Neil eventually, Rumple eventually, and of course, the Snowings. And Charming, of course, gets poisoned by the same plant that took Hook's brother Liam and all that, because we're going to go into Hook backstory. I've slightly improved it. Yay. So it's going to be a bit ambiguous at first, and it's not really going to come up again until a couple seasons later, when, again, we deal with the whole Land of Untold stories. But basically, his dad was a sailor, and he disappeared when Neil and Liam were young kids, and they became sailors to help support their mom. And that's how they ended up at Neverland. And we're just yeah. going to leave it at that for a bit. Their dad's Long John Silver. Oh. thought mm-hmm. it was going to be Ahab. Nah. Long John Silver's a bit more iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is many a young person who had to read Moby Dick for school at some point. And from what I understand, it is either a really good encyclopedia about whales that's hidden in a boring book, or it's a boring encyclopedia of whales <laughs> with a good novel in there somewhere. So anyway, we're going to go with the whole backstory. I was thinking that Neil and Emma, you know, they do at least make an attempt to kind of maybe rekindle their relationship and it's like no 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 we're we've moved on we still like each other we are still friends we can see ourselves co-parenting once we get the situation figured out but nope there is no more spark yeah because i do like the emma hookship yes and i also do appreciate the uh, Swan Queenship, that's uh, Emma and Regina, but my big problem with that is Regina still, in my eyes, hadn't really gone through a good redemption arc. Yeah. There was too much, um, to borrow a phrase from Marvel, too much red on Regina's ledger for her to really, for her and Emma to actually be a good couple. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the actual, like, Trying to get Henry and Henry, um, Henry's whole thing is trying to get away from Pan or trying to outsmart him, trying to stay alive longer so that the adults can come and rescue him, like trying to endear himself to Pan, even though Pan is a psychopath. So Henry, being a somewhat smart child, starts figuring out he likes flattery. He likes to be entertained. He doesn't actually care about me, but as long as I stay interesting, he might keep me around. And that's where he, we see that Henry is becoming a better storyteller. He's coming up with stuff. I'm leading into the whole author thing because I really like that idea. Yeah. And again, something for future seasons. <sighs> and of course, Rumpel deals with his own baggage and bullshit over the whole Mila situation because now he has to actually work with Hook and maybe they resolve a few things. 
they don't forgive each other, but I don't know. Somehow get to a point of toleration for each other. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> oh God, I'm starting to run out of steam. Um, I kind of didn't talk about the Blue Fairy in our first episode. Yeah, what do you want to do with the Blue Fairy? Because she kind of got a reputation in the fandom for being uh, secretly evil. Yeah. I don't know. I'm of the mind of she's not evil, but she is a Knight Templar sort of person. Yeah, very much so. Like, she, if she's the good counterpart of the Dark Fairy, then I can easily see her, like, going overboard in what she believes is being good. Yeah. And it gets to the point where she interferes in people's lives and will go after people who she thinks are going too dark because that's a threat to goodness and she has to be good. Yeah. And good is not nice, but good also is not necessarily light. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this ties into the whole Regina situation because in one of the episodes in season three, where we get Tinkerbell's backstory and how we learn like how she ended up in Pan Circle and over Neverland was that she was once a fairy who was working under the Blue Fairy. And one of the things that the fairies do is, you know, grant wishes and provide that happily ever after, the good ending to everybody. And she saw Regina. And Regina had, like, recently married Leopold. Uh, Leopold is uh, Snow White's dad. Yeah. Uh, he's a lot older than her. He's still mourning his lost wife, Eva. He's not over it. Yeah. Yeah. And Regina is lonely, and Regina doesn't want to be queen because that was what her mother, Cora, pushed her to do because Cora is an evil psychopath and a stage mom. Yep. And she wanted out. She wanted to go somewhere and have an adventure. And Tinkerbell had found someone who might be her true love. Right. Because apparently everybody is destined to have a true love at least once in their life. Everyone has, I think, going off of the Enchanted Forest logic, everyone has a true love, and if one half of that couple dies, then there's always, like, a, a brief waiting period. Let's, let's, let's wait for the, the buff, the debuff <laughs> to happen, the cooldown to happen, uh, and then another true love will basically manifest. Like, yeah. it's kind of like, it's not destiny so much as this is your best possible match to fall in love with. Yeah. And it will create a love so powerful that it can warp reality. Yeah. So, uh, Tink basically encourages Regina to go and find this guy. The, it's very obviously Robin Hood. Yep. Yeah. Which, in this version, we've killed off off screen. Did we? Yeah. Okay. I said that uh, instead of me marrying biting it, it was going to be Robin because... Right, yes. Yeah, I can Marion do was done super dirty in the series. She extremely was, holy. Yeah. And she was like one of the few women of color in the entire series. Yeah, see, okay, so that's why I wanted to keep Tamara in this because okay. she was another one of the few women of color. <laughs> okay. So if we didn't have the Tamara stuff in season two... So, okay, if I remember correctly, we didn't really have any Neil stuff in season two. Yeah, until the very end. Right, so then we wouldn't have an option for Tamara to come in unless... Unless, unless, like, if we're still keeping Greg as an FBI agent, FBI agents are usually in partners. Yes. Tamara is, like, Joe Blow partner. She has no connection to any of this. She gets dragged along. So, 
Are you suggesting that she gets dragged into the Enchanted Forest with Greg? Yeah. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. I was also thinking that... So we could actually have it that the Neverland stuff doesn't start in full force until a few episodes in. Okay. Like Henry is still with his family for the first several episodes of season three. They're just stuck in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. And while this is happening, we have Greg and Neil and Tamara in the world without magic trying to find a way to get into the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. And then they do, let's say, seven episodes in, and they get in there. There's a few episodes where Neil, basically, he gets away from them, and he finds Emma and family, and he finds them just as Henry is kidnapped off screen. And they're like, oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> Awkward! And then the mid-season finale could be when the rescue party is able to get to Neverland. Okay. And then all the heavy Neverland stuff happens in the back nine of the season. Okay. Because one problem with Neverland, not a personal problem that I have, just a problem generally with the concept is that there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah. I don't think you can get 22 seasons out of pure Neverland stuff. Yes. I think if we condense it to the back nine, then it works a lot better. And then we yeah. just have little breadcrumbs of stuff in yeah. the first half of the season. Okay. Like, see, that's why they did... I'm pretty sure that's why they ended up doing Neverland for the first half and Oz, Oz for the for second this, half, because yeah. they could only do so much with Neverland. Yeah. They had to think of another thing. Whereas Oz, there's so much stuff going with Oz, it could have its own spinoff. Yeah. In this alternate universe where we have Once Upon a Time on Wonderland, we also do Once Upon a Time in Oz. Yeah, because um, aren't most of Frank Baum's books public domain now? I've, all of the books that he, Frank L. Baum wrote are public domain. Okay. So, because he passed away, but, like, the rights were picked up by the publishing company, I think, so they had other people tell more stories of Oz just because they were so popular. Okay. And I think the stories written by the other authors are still owned either owned by the by... company or by the yeah. author's estates. Okay. But they all use characters who are now in the public domain. So anything okay. that Frank Obam created is in public domain. Cool. Which is great because there's so much stuff that you can work with. I would love to introduce Tip because that is funky gender stuff. Yes. Um, I guess future episode, Once Upon a Time in Oz. We'll be the backdoor pilot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll structure it like that. Uh, we can go into the whole like Regina Tinkerbell blue situation. Because basically Regina rejects the chance to be with Robin Hood. And... Apparently, at that point, she that was like the last turning point for her. She couldn't go back. She couldn't become a good person. Though, I think, yeah, Blue had warned Tinkerbell that Regina was on the path to being very dark, very evil because of Cora. Right. Tinkerbell's like, well, why can't we save her? Why can't we provide her with some sort of out and help her stay on the good and narrow? And... Blue was like, no, she's bad. She's inherently bad. Don't. And when Regina rejected Robin, or the chance to be with Robin, Tinkerbell lost her wings and got sent to Neverland. Yeah. Which sucks. Extremely. Yeah. So this could also be the start of maybe the Blue Fairy's redemption arc, because... 
oh, mm. I've been too hard on this, or... I am i don't think Blue Fairy gets redemption. Okay. Or if she does... So I'm, I'm thinking ahead to Endgame and how everything's going to come together. Okay. Because at some point we are like... Our two main plot threads of Craig and Tamara versus Regina. Yeah. And uh, the charming family going after Peter Pan. They're going to have to come to a head. Yeah. So... We take a page from the actual mid-season finale of the real season three, where they drag Peter and the Lost Boys out of Neverland. And so basically they do this and they bring them into the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. Because that's basically where their home base is right now, yeah. for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And do some stuff there, and then that's where the showdown will happen between Pan and Rumple. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tamara and Greg have been chasing down Regina. I think Tamara's going to kind of soften up on magic. Yeah. Whereas Greg is basically going to become a Knight Templar against magic. Okay. And I think that the ending is going to be like Peter Pan doesn't kill Henry, but is basically able to drain, like, get a power boost from him somehow. Okay. Like, puts, puts Henry in another coma. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. Oh, he's gone through a lot. Yeah. So Pan is becoming all-powerful. Meanwhile, Greg has been hunting down. He's like, oh, the Blue Fairy is the most powerful magical being on the Enchanted Forest. I'm just going to take her out. In the finale, Greg is able to get to the Blue Fairy. And everyone's like, no, we have to stop because if Greg takes out the Blue Fairy, then the magic is going to start dying in the Enchanted Forest. And at some point, Rumpel, like, enacts a scheme. And we don't realize it until it goes through. Greg is able to get the Blue Fairy's wand and he snaps it in half. And the magic in the Enchanted Forest starts dying. And Rumpel is like, this was my plan. Now I can beat Peter Pan. Because oh. as the magic begins to fade, the connection between Peter Pan and Henry gets cut off. Peter Pan starts to lose his powers. And Rumpel's like, and now we're both going to die. And then they do. Rumpel's dead and he's permanently dead. <laughs> he comes back in flashbacks. They can meet his ghost. People dream about him. He makes cameos. That's it. And so then going into season four, the problem facing them would be the Enchanted Forest is gonna become less enchanted the longer this goes on, so they have to find a way to restore magic to it. But because Greg has succeeded, now he's able to, like, create a more permanent connection between this world and the world without magic, and now the threat going into season four would be the Gale Corporate, or not the Gale Corporation, the Gale Organization. Maybe they yeah. are a corporation. Maybe capitalism is the villain after all. <laughs> and I was also thinking, like, one of the things that I had wanted from the early days when I was, like, conceptualizing an alternate once upon a time was that when Rumpel dies, um, nobody is around to claim the Dark One powers. Right. I remember yeah, you bring that up. I can't remember what the end game was it for. Um, I think I wanted to bring in Rothbart from Swan Lake. Ah, I, yes. I might still do that because I think that he would be a very interesting villain or have some, like, kind of turn him into a bit of a Koshai the Deathless sort of situation was my yes. initial plan. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about more <laughs> of this at a later date. Yes, um, that's... Okay, so start making notes for season four next year. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, I think it would be really cool if, like, when Rumble dies, there's, like, the big whoosh of dark magic, and it kind of, like, just volcanic smoke goes into the atmosphere, forms a dark cloud, goes somewhere. Nobody yeah. knows where. 
It will come back. It will find a new host. The Dark One magic is a lot powerful than just the inherent magic of the Enchanted Forest, so Rumple does not suffer a power drop when yeah. the Blue Furry's wand breaks. Yes. Because I think maybe his power comes from an older source. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, in a similar vein to Hecate and Nyx, and even Pan himself, it's a little bit primordial. Yeah. But... Yeah, because Pan can't draw on the Enchanted Forest magic via Henry, he does not, he's no longer able to match up to Rumpel's abilities. Yeah. So, is that the end of season four, or? That would be the end of season three. Okay, um, yeah, end of season three. We have a little bit more time left, so I just want to quickly talk about Tiger Lily. I don't know, okay. I know that Tiger Lily appeared at some point once upon a time, I have no idea yeah. how the execution was or wasn't. Um, my idea for Tiger Lily is that they are two-spirit. Cool. Because, so in the original Once Upon a Time, uh, Peter Pan and Pan's shadow were just the shadow of Neverland. They were constantly kidnapping boys, because, like, Peter Pan knew, he didn't know it was Henry specifically, but he had a picture of a boy, and he's like, okay, the next heart of the truest believer is going to be a boy. And then I guess the shadow just can only track people via gender and has no idea what people look like, so he's just constantly stealing boys from the worlds to bring them to Neverland, and that's where the Lost Boys come from. Okay. So the way that Tiger Lily ends up there, because I would rather have Tiger Lily be a, a taken person rather than this weird racist band of Native Americans sitting on Neverland. Yeah. Also, if Neverland is like this weird uninhabited place, except for originally the Shadow, then why are there this random band of First Nations people? Uh, it's... They made some bad choices. Very bad choices, J.M. Barry. Anyways, uh, so Tiger Lily is brought to Neverland, and Peter's like, what is this? This is a girl. And the Shadow's like, no, it's a boy. And Tiger Lily's like, actually, I'm, I'm two-spirit. I, I have the powers of... I have more genders than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Strike me down and I'll become more gender than you could ever hope to be. <laughs> we gotta get in the obligatory Star Wars reference in there somehow. Somehow. But Tiger Lily's here, and they are Two-Spirit, and that's why they're on Neverland, and they will become, like, an ally to the squad. Yeah. Them and Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Squad gourds. <laughs> All the squad gourds. And yeah, that pretty much sums up what I can think of. Like, there would, all, there would be other filler stuff. Um, yeah. They'd probably, like, while they're doing their traipsing through the woods, they'd probably encounter the more, I'd say, monstrous fairy tale kind of stuff. Like, they probably would find the troll bitch with the, the guy who tried to eat the billy groats. Yeah. And they'd probably find the some werewolves, a la Ruby. Yeah. Um, um, I can envision, because this is an island and pirate references, um, how about the squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Oh yeah, the Kraken. Maybe the Kraken yeah. like guards a gate between the ne like Neverland and the Enchanted Forest. And so like that's the mid-season finale, is that they have to defeat or at least go around the Kraken. Yeah, and that's where we can bring in Ariel, because they brought in Ariel for season two and three. Yes, that's right. No, she yeah. was she wasn't even in two. She was just in three. Yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. three and beyond, but yeah. Yeah, and the actress that they got for her was really good. She was Joanna a dead Garcia ringer. Swisher. Yeah, she was a yes. dead ringer for Ariel. I would keep her. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she couldn't swim. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little inconvenient. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. But yeah, I'm like I'm thinking more the the monstery type ones would be in the Enchanted Forest side because yeah. it's like things that further push Greg to say, "Oh, see, all fairy tales are bad." Yeah. So we could have dragons. We could have like some sort of like um, Fafner reference. Bluebeard. Bluebeard. Yes. This is where Bluebeard comes in. Oh yeah, because I I had originally envisioned like oh the bride who got away from Bluebeard she and her family end up in Storybrooke during okay. the curse and they thought that he was dead but he was back in the Enchanted Forest waiting for her yeah because some serial killers do not get over the ones who got away uh yeah unfortunately yeah um there was a reference to Goldilocks and the Three Bears there was a nail salon that was owned by the Three Bears right who were three yeah. big brilliant men. Exactly. <laughs> Wink. It's Goldilocks. What if Goldilocks is, like, she's a resident of the Enchanted Forest, but she could be someone who, like Greg, is kind of over magic. And when he, because she's just like some kind of wild warrior woman with an axe. And when Ooh. Greg shows up and is like, this is a gun, we're going to go shoot fairies. She's like, yes, I love it. Let's do this. Yeah. Also remember how they turned uh, Little Bo Peep into, like, a, <laughs> a war- warlord? The most vicious warlord of all, Bo Peep. <laughs> In the frilliest of gowns. We <laughs> <laughs> can totally do that. We can bring Bo... Maybe, maybe not Bo Peep this season, maybe next season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see, I brought up the... The filters, bird, and whole robber baron thing, but we could also do that with Bluebeard. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're same, like the same tail type, pretty close. Yeah. The blind witch, did she get killed in Once Upon a Time? Yes, she was killed by Hansel and Gretel. Okay, she was, because I was thinking that was another thing they could bring in. I don't know, maybe yeah. she has a sister or something. There's multiple yeah. blind witches. There's multiple witches. And like Baba Yaga used to come in threes, or in yeah. some versions she came in threes. Yeah. I think Baba Yaga is another person we should save for next season. Yeah. If we're getting for like the the broad, like the semi divine. Yeah. Tales. <laughs> Start creating our pantheon. Yeah. Ursula would be in that too, according to the Once Upon a Time lore. Yeah. Um. I oh, I just remember another uh, character from Slavic folklore who could be another good villain. Um, the Nightingale Thief, from the story of um. Oh, was it Ilya Moromets? I'm not familiar with this one. Okay, so in Russian folklore, they kind of have their own category of stories called the Bogtir stories. They're kind of like the chivalric romances of Western Europe. Um, and they're all centered around the court of uh, Kiev during the reign of uh, Vladimir the Great or St. Vladimir. Um, okay. So this is way back in the Kievan Rus. And there was a bunch of guys, semi-historical guys. Some of them are saints. Yeah, it was Ilya Moromets. So... He supposedly was crippled for 30 years, and then he got healed by some pilgrims. He travels to Kiev, but he has to go through a forest, and that forest is inhabited by an evil thief slash wild man called the Nightingale Thief, and you can only hear him. Uh, You don't know he's going to come and kill you until basically you hear this really loud whistle, and then you get got. Yeah. And Ilya Moromitz, who is, like, stronger than Mother Earth herself... (laughs) So great and powerful, this giant warrior retired, basically. <laughs> um, he manages to defeat uh, the Nightingale Thief and break his head to Kiev. But I was thinking, like, the way that the Nightingale Thief is described is so 
bizarre and almost Eldritchian that I think they would be like a really good um, sort of another monster, another ally for Greg to use in his battle against Regina. Okay. Hmm. Because Greg's definitely going to be the big bad for season four. Yeah. Such a lame name for him, but hey, it's Greg. <laughs> well, what's 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 lamer, the Greg, the Slayer of Magic, or the tyrannical warlord Bo Peep? <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I want to know what they were smoking. <laughs> They're like, well, what's a fairy tale we haven't talked about yet? It's Bo Peep. Also, I feel like we need to create just an entire spinoff of this that's all about the Slavic fairy tales because that is so your shit. And they're also fucking metal. They are extremely. Listen, viewers, if you go up to your mirror and you say Vasilisa three times, Lindsay will manifest in your home and start an English lecture about the history of them. Well, look, their version of Cinderella has Baba Yaga as basically her fairy godmother. Yeah. <laughs> Here, listen, here's everything you need. You got a comb, you got a towel, you got some cool shoes, and here's a flaming skull. <laughs> I'm not really sure why I need a flaming skull. Just take the flaming skull! <laughs> you never don't need a flaming skull. It's an excellent source of light. Yes. And for offing your step in laws. Yeet. <laughs> burn, bitches, burn! <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good note to end things because this is not going to be an hour and a half like our <laughs> series First premiere. First episode. Sorry for that. Yeah, we've learned and yeah. we've grown. Yeah. So on that note, we are going to go over to a quick friendship promo. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Marn, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and this is my Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. All right, Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at lindsaym476 on Twitter, and that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I reboot you first, and it's pronounced, All magic comes with a price, dearie! <laughs> and you can find this very podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first, all one word. And the hashtag that we follow is N I I R Y F, and that is pronounced I will find you! Jesus Murphy, the neighbors are going to be really concerned. Oh, don't worry about the neighbors. You yelled it at their ceiling. You yelled that at the ceiling. Those neighbors really don't care. Okay. Anyway, you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticism, or how you think magic works. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, the template for the ending spiel just says a fourth thing, and I didn't think of a fourth thing in time. 
Or you could also ask us to be a guest, but if you do want to be a guest, then send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us more directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first, where you can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all of our patrons, including Charlie. Thank you, Charlie! Thanks, Charlie! You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found at ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So Tanner, do you have a hint for next week's episode? I do. So next week's episode is actually going to be another People's Choice. We took a little break to get through all of our anniversary stuff last month, (laughs) but we're back in it for the People's Choice for October. And my hint is, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and again, and again, and again. Sounds interesting. Yeah, so we'll be getting into that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye! everybody i'm still getting over a cold it's irrelevant i'll edit it out and you'll sound as healthy as a peach yeah except for my voice my voice is still like sexy (laughs) no it doesn't It, it probably sounds terrible um